This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Continue to talk rivalry football. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Former Ute Christian Cox with us here on the big show. What's up, Christian? What's going on, Jake? What's going on, Gordon? We're hanging in. It's rivalry week, man. I know. It's exciting, right? Is it not? It is exciting, and uh, you know, let's let's start here. Utah's won nine consecutive. Uh, do you think that's uh, that's had an impact on, I don't know, the buzz around the rivalry? Uh, I, listen, I, I think it's it's impacted that things have shifted since what 2012, I think, or 2011 is when the the first season. Listen, I'm the barometer. I was the last team to lose to BYU, so it was 2009. Say that so it's been a lot. Pride. It's been a lot of years and a lot of games in a row. So um, it, it's apparent things have changed. Things have shifted since the whether you want to accept it or not. It still is the holy war. It still is the rivalry. But you got to admit that things shifted when the programs chose to go different directions. BYU chose independence. Utah went to Pac-12, and uh, I think it's. Listen, I think the buildup for Saturday. It's getting bigger and bigger because of the hiatus as well. So it's going to be a fun game. And uh, for me, I think I've shared this with you guys before, like Kalani, Aaron Roderick offered me my first scholarship uh, under Gary Anderson at Southern Utah in 2003. Kevin Kloon was my linebacker coach at Southern Utah before Gary went and took a job with Urban Meyer. And, uh, you know, like all the coaches at BYU, I, I respect. I love them. They're great guys. They coached me at Utah. Uh, but, you know, Utah has a way of just coming out and, and uh, playing really well. And uh, it's because of Kyle. And you guys have heard me tell this story over and over. You know, back in 2009 when we lost, I never saw Kyle more viscerally upset and angry. I think his wife it, took some uh, verbal blows in the stands and, he basically said, we'll never lose to these guys again. And, you know, lo and behold, that's what's happened. So since you're uh, okay, former youth, like you were saying, you played for them, you felt that emotion that comes with it. But with your uh, more sort of uh, nuanced view through your experiences, now that you're a mature man and you have these relationships on both sides, uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, are you as fired up as ever, or do you just look around and say, hey, these are all human beings I like. I really don't care who wins. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm I'm as through and through, like, the University of Utah changed my life, like, changed my career, right? It gave me a chance to pursue my dreams and find a way to the NFL and, you know, meet my wife and have my kids. And, you know, that's because Kyle created an, an atmosphere and opportunity for growth. 
uh, Kyle is one of the all-time greatest coaches, right? Uh, he's similar to like a Lavelle. Uh, I also grew up in the States. I also grew up watching the whack. Um, people don't know this, but my cousin played on the 96 Cotton Bowl team with Steve Sarkeesian. He was a lineman. And so I grew up watching BYU games. I saw Lavelle. Uh, but for me, when I was in high school and as I got older, you know, Utah was kind of like Britton Covey. Like, Utah was the opportunity for me to progress. And those doors opened. And, uh, you know, you meet certain coaches that change your life. And I met all of those. And uh, the program that Kyle's built and Sharif and Morgan and Lewis Powell and Sione Puha and the tradition at Utah, I genuinely i am rooting for Utah do I admire and look at, you know, players from the Y and like Brady Christensen was a former Bountiful High alum, Max Tooley, uh, you know, he's a, he's a Bountiful High alum. I, I root for him, but I want Utah to come out on top. I'd love to see it 10, 10 straight wins and to take a little two-year hiatus. Uh, obviously in the business world, uh, all, I, I worked for a tech company that was based in Provo. So I had to stare at the Y all the time and it's, you couldn't predict that the the winning streak would go this long, and you just you hope that it can continue to go on. And why it has gone on is is really just just talent and and depth is really what Utah has been able to secure over this last decade. Does BYU got a shot? Absolutely. So they got a shot every year, 100%. Uh, but when it comes down to it, Utah has just proven in the last nine games that they win the turnover battle and they make the the final plays to win the game. So the last time BYU won, you mentioned you were playing in that game, um, and uh, Gordon and I played the Max Hall post-game rant earlier in the show. Uh, I, I've never heard anything like it before or since. Uh, what, as, as somebody who played in the game, what did you think when you heard all that? Uh, do you, what do you want? What do you guys want? Do you want unfiltered because rivalry week, or do you want like politically correct? <laughs> no, no, no. Let us have it. I, I would say, for me, in, in my, my, my view has shifted, okay? 2009 was a different time, right? That's that's 12 years ago, right? As a young, uh, immature person, Max Hall only threw for like 130 yards that game. He had a horrible game. If you actually look at stats, uh, you can you you can call me on it. We kicked five field goals. Uh, Joe Phillips kicked five field goals. We didn't convert on touchdowns. Jordan went out. We just didn't score touchdowns, and that's why I went to double OT. The way we lost. Obviously, with you know Sly and Joe Dell, who Joe Dell's at Weber State, they collided, and it's a it's a it's a tough loss. Uh, the comments were just they're erratic. Um, they I, I bet Max would even admit you know he was out of line at the time. Uh, you know there was this level of hypocrisy that comes you know from down south that you know I, I personally didn't love from the you know the, the BYU athletics. I don't think that's the same as it is today, uh, but you know, I I was impressed. I will say I watched a whole hour of a Max Hall YouTube. And you can go find it about his journey post football and the way he's changed, the way he is today. And like I, I respect the guy now for who he is now. And sometimes we make boneheaded, terrible mistakes when we're young and fired up and irrational. And that's what he did. He, he doesn't know who Kyle Whittingham is and. That actually just boils into the weirdness of Bronco and Kyle, right? The that whole dynamic, and Kyle's one of the best people in the whole world, and uh, runs a really good program. And BYU at the time was was running a really good program, and 
Um, I'm good friends with David Nixon, United TV for a while together. And, uh, you know, I, when it was the whole Taysom Hill versus Hacker, uh, it's your net, it's your son-in-law. It's your son-in-law, uh, Gordon Tanner. Uh, yeah, the whole, uh, t- uh, Tanner versus Taysom battle I had to cover. And I was like, BYU fans are being irrational. Taysom needs to finish out and then Tanner will get his shot when it was this freshman year versus, you know, uh, a banged up uh, Taysom Hill. And so for me, love Max Hall now. I hope he's doing well. But at the time, it's just it's just tomfoolery. See, that's why I like asking you questions about this stuff, uh, because you do. I mean, <laughs> you, you have an interest you care. Obviously, you're rooting for the Utes to win, but but you understand. You, I mean, you have a point of view. I think Christian that uh, sort of embraces everyone, and I think that's the healthiest aspect to this rivalry. Now, Jake would probably disagree with me because you like the real aggressive stuff, right? Yeah, sure. I'm not talking about crazy stuff, but you you like the aggressive stuff. But Christian seems like a well-adjusted human being. <laughs> <laughs> not that you're well, not, Jake. I, I don't mean to imply that. I'm certainly not well-adjusted. <laughs> no argument here. Is there a question Christian, in there yeah, for Christian? That's what Christian was wondering. Oh, I, just... <laughs> I think Jake's matured. Okay. Well, I, thanks, Christian. I just, I'll just say, again, you know, my own perspective, this is what, take it for what it's worth. It, it changed when Bronco went to Virginia. There was a level of disrespect that there was just this weirdness of the whole rivalry back in the Mountain West days, a level of arrogance that was just, I didn't, people didn't understand. And people, either you were a Bronco diehard or you didn't love Bronco's style, right? And um, so I, I just think there was a level of respect in the old rivalry between Mac and Lavelle. Like, even growing up as a child, like, was that not one of the coolest rivalries? <laughs> Right, you know the, you know BYU being undefeated and Utah going on the road and being, you know, I think we were five and six that year and we're beating that Luke Staley to Brandon Doman team. Like there was just a level of respect and there was a decade of just weirdness and Kyle was obviously a superior coach and has had a better staff and for me genuinely, Kalani brings a level of uh, attitude and and love but also accountability and um, newness to BYU. I think he's bringing his own flair to it. But when you've been, when you've been coached by Lavelle Edwards, you naturally, the coaching tree is real. You, you try to pull all the good, the good pieces of the tree and implement it into your own style and life. You make it your own, your own tree. But I think that's what Kalani's done. He's grabbed a lot from Lavelle, a lot from Kyle, a lot from Gary Anderson, and then has his own flair. And all the coaches below him are, are the same way. And Betsy Sataki is a, a great receiver coach. Uh, he and I were on 4A, 5A All-Star games together and played college ball together. And Aaron's doing a great job as taking over as an OC. And listen, they got a tough schedule, but it's just the level of animosity isn't the same for me personally because I, I have personal connections and I want them to do well. But I, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I want Utah to win and I want them to win by, you know, 20. And I wanted to go 10 games and then do a two-year hiatus, beat Florida twice, and then come back and beat BYU for the next five years. See, the reason I like underscoring that is because it just makes sense to me. And because there's good people on both sides of this, and we need to think a little bit more about that, in my opinion. Okay, so here's a question instead of commentary. (laughs) Uh, Christian, what do you think 
give us a blueprint for what Utah has to do to win this game and what you expect BYU to try to do to win it. Yeah, I I think the blueprint's pretty simple, and the blueprint's been proven the last nine games, and it's simple. You know, if you guys probably know this stat. This is me pulling it out of my rear end. It's probably like thirty-five to eleven on turnover battle for Utah in favor. Like BYU just hasn't taken care of the ball in all of the games. You go back to the Vegas Bowl. I think I think Tanner had a few a bunch of turnovers, uh, and Utah went up thirty-five-seven. Roars and back. But every single game, whether it was the Jake Heaps game in 2012 or 2013, uh, whether it was the Riley Nelson late field goal fiasco, there's always been turnovers that Utah has swung the game. And so I think with Mika Tafua, Devin Lloyd, and all the other defense, I think they'll come up with big plays. But the X factor this year that Utah has really never had is Charlie Brewer. This guy deals. This guy can throw. I said this weeks ago. Um, he's a different type of quarterback. Um, Travis Wilson was great uh, a lot of years ago with, with his legs and could make timely throws. And Utah's offense, you know, went on the road and beat BYU a lot of years ago. But I think Charlie Brewer, if he can limit his interceptions, he's, he makes really good decisions. They can control clock, turn the ball over. I think Utah can go on the road in a hostile environment and come out with a win. If they don't and they allow BYU to get some momentum, kind of like Arizona did early, I think there's going to be a problem. And the reason I say why Charlie Brewer's Brewer's the X factor is BYU's defense in general. Go look how many passes Arizona completed. I think it was like 35 for 46. Uh, They kind of just play everything in front of you. They don't want to give up a big play. They're not playing man-to-man. I think think Charlie Brewer will pick them apart. And uh, I think that's the recipe for Utah to winning. So, Christian, I want to ask you about coaching. And I, I come from the school of thought uh, that there's more than one way to do things and more than one way to coach. Gordon thinks that everybody should just be a Nick Saban clone. I don't, uh, no, I don't no, happen I, to believe no, that. But, I but well, I, you played for some great coaches. All right. Uh, you know, Coach Witt, of course, Coach Peace there at Utah. Anybody else at Utah, I know you played for a number of great coaches that you can throw in there. But you played for Bill Belichick. You know, possibly the best to ever do it at the pro level. I know you have mad uh, love for your high school coach, and his name's for, uh, escaping my mind at the moment. But yeah, I know Larry Wall. Yeah, yeah, Larry Wall. There you go. I know you think really highly of uh, of him as well. Is there any connective tissue for all the great coaches that you've played for, Christian, that, that you can identify that they all had this, or, or is it truly a different ways of doing things? No, I, this is, you know, hell, I should write a book, I guess. There there really is a thread that connects all of them, from Larry Wall to Kyle Whittingham, even Morgan Scally, Kalani, John Pease, uh, Bill Belichick. But people for, uh, like Brian Flores was my, my grad assistant type coach in 2011. They all have this level of humility but command at the same time, right? When when they speak, people listen. Uh, it's not with It's not with force. If that makes sense, it's with respect and knowledge because they know what they're talking about. They've they've proven over so many years of being successful and, and leading winning teams. The one thing I will say is it also takes a lot of years to be successful as a coach or even in your career. Uh, people forget about the, the Browns that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick coached together on, and they had a losing team, right? People forget about that. There's like – four years of Nick Saban and Bill Belichick worked together in Cleveland. And all we see is the end result of, you know, six Super Bowls with New England and Bill had a bunch with the Jets or with the Giants. And obviously what Nick Saban's built 
uh, in Alabama is insane. But they've built these, just this, I don't know, this respect and culture, and everyone is drawn to them, right? At least for Nick Saban, right? You have Lane Kiffin, who was a former you know, USC coach, who gets fired. He's like, all right, where am I going to go? I'm going to go learn underneath the best. And it's the way he runs his program. And the way he runs his program is honestly very similar to the way Kyle is. Very regimented, very specific. And you, you play to our process and style. If you can't meet our standards, go transfer somewhere else. We're not going to adapt to you. And uh, I think that's one of the things I respect the most about Nick Saban, Kyle Whittingham, Bill Belichick. Some people may call it old school, right? But it has proven uh, successful in winning and building winning cultures and organizations. And Alabama is, you know, is obviously the, the market leader and the top dog in building just a, a juggernaut. And it's it's pretty neat that, hey, if you don't want to come compete, there's going to be a lot of people trying to vie for your position. If that's you're not a you're not a competitor and don't like to be the best, and if you are the best, you'll probably go to the NFL. We're not the school for you. You go somewhere else. You know, it's just, it's very clear. And competition is what, you know, the best competitors will play. And I think that's what Bill Belichick did at, at, in New England. Like Wes Welker was a walk-on, basically, undrafted free agent, failure in Miami. And uh, Julian Edelman was a seventh-round quarterback out of Kent State. So tell me they were the top draft pick and, and the, the best in skills. They're willing to compete and do it every single day. And I think that's what what's neat about football and coaching in general is, if you're willing to, to do things the right way and you have some skills, you don't have to have 100% of those skills developed, but at least 85% you show up, uh, you will be successful and get an opportunity. And that's that's that would be my take on all that. So what I'm hearing from you is that uh, personality and all that other stuff, it, it just can go out the window. It's about knowledge, application of that knowledge, uh, fairness and expectation and organization. Yeah, yeah and, and just – and just command, like we, you know, a good leader, you know, a good, you guys can spot them out a million miles away. You know, someone you respect and the people you respect are people that have done it typically have put together amazing work, right? Whether it's an artist with things or it's a coach that has just continued to win. People don't like or respect people that are just overly, I'd say flamboyant or out there or boisterous with nothing behind it, with no follow through. Uh, coaches that have been successful and have command, you want to be like them and you'll listen to them and you'll take their wisdom and apply it is, is, is what I'd say. Yeah. How do you react? How do you react when you see coaches screaming their heads off and going crazy on the sideline? Well, well it depends on what it is, right? <laughs> like if it's something silly, yeah, that's like for me. I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess, you know, I've been so far removed. I haven't, I haven't been playing for a decade, so you forget what raw emotion feels like um, in a football game. But if it's over something dumb, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point because the referees aren't going to listen to you. But there's times that you gotta, you really gotta fight for your team. I give you an NBA analogy. There's times that you have to do it to get a tech to get the team going. I guess there's sometimes you got to do that with football. But if it's over something dumb, I, I don't, I don't see the point. So. So, Christian, Gordon has uh, picked your Utes to win by 14. Um, I Ooh. have not been as uh, committed Ooh. to a number, but I think the game's going to be close. So let's ask you, how do you think this game is going to go? Well, it lets, uh, is the Vegas line like six or seven, I'm sure? I think it's seven, last time I saw Seven? It. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
this one's a this one's a tough one to pick, right? I like. Do you remember when Taysom went up on the road and they lost on the going for two yeah. and basically did a horrible block? Like no one would have thought they'd be in that game. My senior year in 2010, like BYU wasn't even supposed to be relevant. We block a kick to win. It's still a still a coin flip. I think I think Utah does win by ten. I do think they win by two two scores, but it will be a tight game. I think. I said two Very touchdowns, tight. so that could be twelve points. Yeah, you could nine be twelve. I think. I think. Points. I think. <laughs> you know, nine or ten points is, is probably the number. All right, yeah, yeah. So you kind of split the difference between the two of us. But what I mean, I heard Max Hall talking about it. You mentioned the Taysom play. It just seems like it's the, this game always comes down to one or two plays, and it's always tight. Uh, you know, basically, what is it? Going seven out of the of the seven out of the nine games yeah. in this streak have been really, really close. It's spooky, actually. Like I'll take you back to one, like 2007. Utah was up on. Utah shouldn't have been winning. I think we were on an eight-game winning streak after we lost our first two Mount West games. Matt Asiata, I think, I can't remember if he was hurt that year. He anyway, was. He uh, was hurt that he year. Was, yeah. He was hurt that year, hurt his arm, hurt his knee, and then Brian was hurt. Uh, we were up We were up late. It was fourth and 18. We went to a prevent defense, gave up a big bomb to Austin Colley. Harvey Younger runs it in for a touchdown. A game that legitimately was in the grasp of your hands, you blew it. So, um, you know, BYU has a way of doing that. It's just, it hasn't happened. It, has, it really hasn't happened since 2009 like that. So it's been 10 years. Um, so you wonder if it's going to be something like that. I hope it's a close game. I really do. Um, I just want Utah to win. It does make it fun. And look, predicting this game, it, you do so at your own risk. We're all just guessing. Right, I mean, we're all guessing. Like, wh- who was it? Brian K- was it? Kind of Shero, the kicker for Utah back in the nineties yeah, that yeah. bonked it twice. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, you know, Boink. it's like Utah had it in the back. Like, there's, and I think for me as a kid, I guess I'm giving a different perspective. And a lot of this team at Utah isn't from Utah, but growing up the last 25 years, there have been some amazing rivalry games, and. uh Going down to Lavelle will, will be a really, really fun game. But there's been some amazing games up at Rice-Eccles. And so uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a, a barn burner. I may stay up and watch it, the whole thing, every minute. Uh, I hope Kyle and them come out victorious. And uh, love Kalani, but need Utah to win. Ten straight, never been done. And then a two-year break in, against Florida and then some more games again. See, Gordon, that's how you know Christian has uh, lots of young children. The I may stay up because I feel like I'm in the same camp. Although I'll no make matter it. how good I'll, the game I'll, is, yeah, you're not. Yeah, like I may it's make 830. it. Yeah, it is late. Games are hard. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. I know because I'm usually going to bed at 8:30, and that's when it's starting. So I'm I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, uh, Christian. Hey, you're the best. Thank you for jumping on with us as always, and uh, we we always appreciate your insight. It's good talking with you, Jake. See, you, Gordon. See you. See you, buddy. Our friend Christian Cox, uh, former Ute, you know, setting a good example for everybody, in my opinion. He's he's a he's a good friend of ours, and it, and it's fun to have him on. And he's he's just a great human. But I love Christian's story. 
I mean, what, another one of those, you know, walk on to all conference kind of stories that come along once in a while. And, you know, had he not dealt with some neck issues, could have had a long NFL career. They loved him uh, with the Patriots and he just earned everything he got. Couldn't be a nicer dude. Obviously a hard worker and uh, extraordinarily thoughtful. Now that you said that, now I'm thinking of all those introductions, self-introductions Christian did when he was interviewing people on our air. I don't know. It's funny. Christian Cox here. Had a cup of coffee with the uh, New England Patriots. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what he said, Austin? Yeah, he, did he have a whole string of did. those? Well, I thought his answer about connective tissue with the coaches was pretty interesting. He played yeah. for some great ones. I couldn't believe I, I, I shouldn't have th- forgotten Larry Wall's name because he's – Certainly a, a legend around here as and far as high school coaches go. But he played for some great yeah. ones. I mean, and it great. doesn't matter what level the coach is at. Yeah. If they got it, they got it. And if they get it, they get it. And it sounds like he had a, a whole bunch of them, which is to his benefit, yeah. obviously. I could not remember Larry's name. I knew. I was like, oh, Christian played for a great high school coach who he loves, obviously. So anyway, uh, great stuff. It's Thank worse you. the older you get. You know, all the names you used to have on the tip of your – just always just right there. Yeah. You just sit there and go, oh, you can picture them and you can see them. But the name sometimes vanishes. <laughs>